This is a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. Thanks, Travis. Well, before we jump into scripture, I'll give you a funny uh, little anecdote that Travis is involved in. Last week, our, our board announced to our staff the appointment of the CEO, and um, I had played that sort of very straight and certainly hadn't shared with staff the recruitment process, and um, once it became apparent that I would be offered the role, I invited Travis to join in that session where the, the chair of the board communicated with our staff and to pray for, for this next season of Open Doors. And um, what I didn't anticipate was that a random person on screen, when the chair of the board is going to announce the new CEO, made people think that was the new CEO. <laughs> and so there was a lot of strange uh, dynamics and anticipation of, okay, it's not Adam, it's uh, this, this random guy, Travis. Anyway, it became, it became apparent and Travis, Travis bored in good humor. Um, so thank you, thank you for your support as, as a local congregation. And as Travis said, our base here, you know, 17 years for us um, has meant so much to be able to grow and be disciples um, and to just be in a position to exercise any leadership in our family uh, or in work. So thank you. Thank you, Travis. Okay. Well, this series, I've loved it. And I think the, the imagery, that sort of uh, sense of overflow and drawing deeply, uh, such a compelling vision to start the year with and, and a great reminder for me of who God is and how can we trust him and, and draw deeply on what he's given us. Uh, it's been so valuable. It is a privilege, uh, it is a responsibility to share from scripture, so we'll look at a few passages today, um, and we're gonna, I'm going to keep it really simple. I felt in myself, theology or biblical teaching around the Holy Spirit can get complicated, can it? We're going to keep it simple, we're going to keep it straight. And just a little, a little tip, some of you have had to, uh, I don't know what the right word is, suffer is not the right word, but bear with me over many years of preaching in Narara Valley Baptist Church. And here's a little tip. I always fit in, whether it's clear or not, a reference to Bob Dylan, a, a reference to C.S. Lewis, that tends to be more explicit, and something about Texas. So actually, I was a little bit unwell early this week, so I'm, I'm, I was slightly delayed in my preparation. So there's only one of the three. You, you'll, you'll be able to pick, I'm sure. So let's, we're going to start with a passage. So we're in, uh, we're in John chapter 7. I'll just read this for us. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. There's many different images of the Holy Spirit throughout Scripture. There's the dove, that's very familiar, fire. There's, there's a number, wind. And they all convey a different aspect of the Spirit. But I've always been drawn to the image of water, this sort of refreshing, pure, pure water. It's an image that had particular impact for first century Christians because of the really dry and, and arid uh, landscape, a sort of desert context geography that they lived in. And this passage, interestingly, Jesus isn't referring back to any 
particular specific Old Testament passages. It's actually a sort of collection of passages that together convey this idea of living water will flow from within them. And so there's things, there's passages like Exodus 17, Psalm 78, Zechariah 14. And actually remember those, I remember many of those passages as a child. I, I grew up in West Texas, very similar to a sort of arid geographic context of the Middle East. And the image of water bursting forth from rocks or streams in the desert always sort of had this particular, it sort of captured my imagination. And it always felt like there's something in that, there's something beautiful in it. While that image was sort of captivating and, and beautiful, I did miss some of the application to my own life. The imagery of living water implies something pure, something living, something refreshing. There's been moments in my life where I've felt incredibly lonely, very dry, uh, very sort of parched. And I guess that, that sense of a reminder that the Holy Spirit is at work and that in those moments, that, that metaphor, that image of living water conveys even, even more impact. I hope in our time today you're encouraged that living water within you and the Holy Spirit within you is active, real, practical, pragmatic, incredibly real. So we're going we're gonna to jump into a few passages, but, but first, I want to put another image in front of you. This is literally in the desert, so the Chihuahuan Desert. It's an incredibly hot and dry place. In the midst of the desert is the, are the San Solomon Springs. Um, now, Texans tend to claim things are the biggest there, but my understanding this is legitimately true. This is the largest spring, naturally spring-fed pool in the world. So it's 1.3 acres. It's about 25 feet deep in the majority of it. You can, like there's, there's fish that live there. You can scuba dive in it. There's a scuba diving club. It's called Balmoria Springs. Uh, it's in very far west Texas in, in Pecos County. It's this incredible sort of oasis in the midst of the desert. The image is striking because in the, in the midst of what you see there is this. I didn't take that. But it's incredibly distinct, isn't it, to go from a desert landscape to a spring-fed pool. There are artesian springs. It's the Ogallala Aquifer. And so there's millions of fresh, clean spring water that comes into the pool every day. So the contrast is really striking. Now, if you were to describe your life at the moment, you might use imagery like a lush rainforest, streams. You might describe this sort of vibrant, beautiful context. Or you may feel like it's a desert. You may feel a bit dry, a bit lonely, a bit parched. And I've had seasons that I would describe in my life as both of those moments where I just felt completely alone, desolate, I felt dry, I felt that my spiritual disciplines were the only thing that kept me connected to God because my feelings had absolutely no bearing on what I knew to be true. I've also had moments that I've felt I've just gone from strength to strength and God's just carrying me. The reminder for me is that in both of those contexts, the Holy Spirit's at work. The Holy Spirit is still part of my life and, and what's happening 
and how it feels may mislead me from what I know to be true, which is the Holy Spirit at work in me. So I just want to read a passage from John 7 again. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Notice that all we have to do is come to God and believe. We're not digging the bore. We're not filling the aquifers. We're not channeling. God simply asks us to seek him, and he quenches our thirst. That's true in triumphant times. It's also true in challenging times. So wherever you find yourself in this season, I want to encourage you with a very simple truth. We said we were going to keep it simple. A simple, simple biblical truth is if you follow Christ, the Holy Spirit is within you. To be a Christian is to have the Spirit. In Romans 8, we read, you are, not, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. And in Ephesians, you, my readers, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. These passages of scripture have been important in my life because as I shared, my feelings are very fickle. And how do I come back to what I know to be true? That regardless of what I'm feeling, whether it's a mountaintop experience or whether it's a valley, God has given us the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is in me as someone who follows him. Scripture cuts through feelings to true reality. So I have a question for us I want, I want us to consider together. Have you ever pretended something wasn't real? That's, I, like, I like this uh, comic strip series. It can be something really comical. I've had this where I'm sort of having a meal with someone and they're on a roll, they have food on their face, and you're like, how do I interrupt? And just tell them you can't, so you just ignore it and sort of get on with it. I had a very real experience, uh, it was about four years ago, of a hot mic situation. Have you, have you heard of hot mic situations? In a conference setting, the speaker wired up, goes to the toilet, sound desk guy wasn't there, and there was about 180 people that heard everything. <laughs> speaker walked back in, and we all pretended it hadn't happened. <laughs> we ig ignored reality. It can also be serious. We can ignore reality that we know to be true. Dysfunction in a workplace or unhealthy relationships uh, in our families, conflict that exists. Uh, one of the realities that I've had to face over time is that I feel that I'm released as a follower of Jesus from the sort of grip of material things, uh, wanting new things that feel like they satisfy, but they often fade very quickly. Well, they always fade very quickly. I can't ignore that when the credit card looks like what it does. So ignoring reality doesn't tend to be a fruitful approach to life in general. But I think it can be common for us as followers of Jesus to put the work of the Holy Spirit in a sort of category of, it's just a bit complicated theology, or it feels a bit weird, or it feels a bit confusing, so I'm just going to ignore it. I'm just going to try to make as much sense of it as I can, but, but sort of get on with things. To keep it simple again, 
the Holy Spirit is in you as a follower of Jesus and the Holy Spirit is at work. There's a passage in Romans that helps us get a glimpse of the minute-by-minute work that the Holy Spirit is doing. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. God is with us, and he knows our limitations and our frustrations. In our natural self, we're very weak. I've had so many reminders of that lately, where in my natural self, in my own strength, my weakness shows through very quickly. And even in moments that I feel things, but I can't put them into words. Like, I've, I've had moments in recent months where I wanted to pray, some of it verbally in front of people, and I, I couldn't. There was not an expression that would make sense to others because of some of my internal experience of it, pain, of difficulty, of hurt. And praying in silence is fine, but when you have groups of people waiting for you to pray because that's what you said you're about to do and you can't, it's, it's one of those moments that you think, where are my feelings going to take me? And the Holy Spirit can give words in those moments or just give groans, just give some articulation to, God, this is what I'm feeling. I don't know how to express it, but the Spirit helps. In these passages, I think it's important to notice the Spirit doesn't remove our weakness, but helps us in our weakness. The Holy Spirit bridges the gap between the old and the new, between what we see and what's been declared to be. An example, we sin even though we want to be righteous. We see sin in our lives, but God declares us righteous because he knows where that ends. The work of Jesus sanctifies us and we're righteous before him. So despite the discrepancy between what we see and what we want, we can be confident that the Holy Spirit does what we cannot. He will see us through. He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. The Holy Spirit is on our side, helping us minute by minute, day by day. It's practical, it's real, it's pragmatic, it's true right now. It was true last hour, it was true yesterday, it will be true tomorrow. In some of the final words to his disciples, Jesus explains the completion of God's plan includes his death and and his resurrection. And as we know, that's a struggle for the disciples to accept or understand. I would have been the same. I would have been wanting the triumphant story where there's a political leader or there's some uprising, yet Jesus ministered through humility, through sacrifice. And so as they're trying to come to terms with this, Jesus speaks to the sending of another. So you're going to get a sort of Texan-Australian pronunciation of a Greek word, (laughs) but parakletos. And it, it has this meaning in Greek. You may be familiar with it. Helper, counselor, comforter. So think of when Jesus is communicating to his disciples I, I will die, I will be taken, I will, and I will, I will be resurrected, but another is coming to be with you. The, the word, parakletos, conveys the gentleness, the quietness of the work that the Holy Spirit does in our lives. It's a minute-by-minute, day-by-day, always-there ministry. 
It's interesting that the Holy Spirit came to the followers of Jesus after his resurrection. The plan of how the empowerment of Jesus with us for a period of time gets a fuller expression with the Holy Spirit through us through all time. It's the resurrected power that the Holy Spirit works in in our lives. And I don't know about you, but I can ignore that very quickly. I can operate in my own strength, as I shared before. I can forget for where to look for my strength, and I can follow my feelings into paths that just aren't helpful. I can feel lonely or isolated or frustrated. Yet the whole time, the moments that I feel lonely, the moments that I feel like no one's here, it's just me. In a wonderful sense, that's not true. It isn't just me. I'm not just alone. I have a helper. I have a counselor. I have an advocate there with me all the time. It's an intimate and personal connection, and it's utterly real. And as much as I ignore that reality, I miss so much of the work of God in my life. So some of us may already be drawing deeply on the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, in our lives. Many of us can be sporadic and sort of forget that or get on a roll, but then sort of lose a little bit of momentum. Some of us may have never taken that step, and that's sort of on the horizon because following Jesus feels like too big of a step to take at the moment. Thankfully, God is gracious to meet us each where we're at. Those of us who follow Jesus, I want to encourage you in a very simple spiritual discipline. One of the themes for 2023 for me, and we're in March, is simple, effective spiritual disciplines that I, that I put into place day by day, week by week. Again, that helps me guard against where my feelings take me. So what I want to encourage us with is set a goal, and this might be two times a day, it might be eight times a day, it might be 50 times a day. Use your phone, use your diary, your calendar, have an accountability with someone that you spend a lot of the day with, and simply remind yourself that the Holy Spirit is present in your life as a follower of Jesus and ministering and working in your life. That those rivers of living water that flow within us and out of us is the work that the Holy Spirit's doing minute by minute, day by day. Here's the text that I have for this reminder of my own life. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for dwelling in me and being my helper. Thank you for the rivers of living water that you promise will flow out of me as a blessing in my life and to those around me. That's something in my calendar at work. I have that in twice a day. I try to use my phone less because it demands too much attention from me. So if I have it in my work calendar, it works a bit better. But you might have different texts. If it's scriptural, I think it's helpful because the Spirit loves to work through scripture in our lives and convey that truth. But I would encourage you, I would challenge you, how do you put reminders in your, in your day-to-day, week-to-week life that the Holy Spirit is at work, that regardless of what your feelings tell you, the Holy Spirit's active in your life. Artesian wells in West Texas that produce millions of liters of spring water every day are incredible, uh, but even they can run dry. The Holy Spirit at work in each of our lives will never cease. 
and those rivers of life will never run dry, no matter how deeply we draw on them. So I hope you have an encouragement and a simplicity of whatever the complication of theology might have felt like you to the Holy Spirit. How do we keep that simple and truthful that the Spirit's at work in our lives and that we can draw as deeply as we can and, and those wells will never run dry. I'm just going to pray. I would, I would say if you have interest in um, a sort of theological reflection on some of the topics that we've touched on today, please reach out to me or, or, or the, um, the pastoral staff. I have a couple of great resources that I found really influential in recent months in my own life to try to challenge how I think about the Holy Spirit, the theology, and then how that gets translated into practice. So I'll just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of the Spirit. We thank you that you are a triune God. You as the Father, Jesus, and the redemptive work that he's done, and the Holy Spirit, Lord. I pray for wherever we come to this passage and these reflections today, that you help it be real to us, that there's nothing distant or confusing or vague, but Lord, that it's practical and real and meaningful. So that any moments that we feel on a mountaintop and triumphant, the Holy Spirit's there with us, Lord, ministering and working, Lord. And equally, in moments that we feel parched, that we just feel completely dry, and there's confusion or questions of, is God even real? God, are you at work? That those reminders that are practical and real in our life aren't in the natural, Lord, but they're in the spiritual and they're the work of your Holy Spirit, Lord. So whatever we face individually, I pray that, Lord, knowing that we don't walk alone, that with us, day in, day out, is an incredible gift, a counselor, a helper, an advocate, Lord, that in your graciousness, you gave us the Holy Spirit, Lord, so that that ministry that you started in creation, that had expression in Jesus's life, death, and resurrection, Lord, continues to this day and with the Holy Spirit active in each of us, Lord. We pray these things in your Son's name. Amen. This has been a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. To continue the conversation, we invite you to join us Sundays at 9.30am and 5pm or on our website at www.nvbc.info.